are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And hosting us again is Dr. Squee. Hello. So how are we doing, guys? Yeah, uh, been basking in my smugness from last week. Yeah, you did <laughs> You did pretty much uh, pretty much nail it that we're, we've got a Mirror Universe episode. I'll be honest, I didn't think we were actually going to go there, but we have. In a big way. Yeah. And I kind of now need them to confirm everything else that Elliot said. Like, they they pretty much leaned towards what Elliot said, but now they need to go the full Elliot. Cause just, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... You described this delicious. I'm not sure how we stand with our theories about it being a mirror discovery and... All of this in in the centre of the nebula causing the burns. It looks like the Kelpians might have something to do with it, maybe. Um, well, we get the impression that there's a Starfleet ship and a Kelpian ship in the nebula, but ah. there's nothing to rule out also the Discovery being in the nebula. No, I suppose yeah. not. And it feels like we're getting all this backstory. Like, I would be very disappointed if this is just a... A, a dream for her to kind of like learn a lesson or something. I I want it to lead into the plot. So like I, discovery was somehow there from the movie. It know. was it was almost very much a backdoor um, pilot sort yeah. of. Could uh, Giorgio carry a show as the lead? Yeah, there was definitely a bit of that going on. And uh, funnily enough, I heard um, a theory. Well, I read it online. And it said, well, maybe the Section 31 show is not going to be Section 31 as we know it. It's going to be Section 31 in the Mirror Universe. So because it's Mirror, Section 31 is probably a force for good in the Mirror Universe. And maybe it's Giorgio trying to re-sort of reform the Terran Empire from within as part of Mirror Section 31, I suppose. Would it be Section 13? if it's mirrored (laughs) by by the way I think just for this episode it should be Emperor Elliot and I'm the chief pain giver fortunately Captain just stays as Captain Captain's just Captain Captain yeah that's it I make the rules yeah well that's the way it's got to go hasn't it and yeah so let's get into this one a little bit then so we're obviously talking about Terra Firma Part 1 which is episode 9 of Discovery Season 3 just an advantage Spoiler, spoiler. Oh, yeah, we're going full out spoilers. Uh, Directed by Omar Mada, who is a British director, so representing for Britain over there. Started on Hollyoaks. So, yeah. That's quite the pedigree jump. Yeah, from Hollyoaks to Star Trek. But for anyone who's listening who's not familiar with Hollyoaks, there is, well, there's just to set in a bit of context. For a lot of years, we only had four terrestrial channels in the UK. Um, and then they decided to launch Channel 5. And there was much fanfare over it. And the Spice Girls did like an advertising campaign for it. Remember the Spice Girls? Um, 
and they they had this big thing of we've got exclusives on these movies we've got Independence Day we've got The Matrix but what they neglected to tell anyone was that the the release window for them was about five years so they didn't show these films until about <laughs> you know, six years after they'd come out but they, but they had them and so Channel 5 launched with all this fanfare and it's utter rubbish uh, but one of their original programmings was Hollyoaks, which was a no, soap Hollyoaks opera. Four. Hollyoaks, Hollyoaks is on Channel 4. Sorry, I've just yeah, gone on a big rant. Channel's in a twist. I've, which one was? Yeah. Was it Family Affairs, Channel 5? Yeah, that was. Right, so, okay. Um, Channel 4 had Hollyoaks. Hollyoaks isn't much better. Right, okay. My apologies. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I'd say I'd cut it out. I might just leave it in just to inform people about Channel 5. Um, but it yeah, might okay. Be me getting my um, timelines and twists, but I think it was after Channel Five launched, though. So it might have been a bit of a reaction because Channel Five did buy up uh, Neighbours and Home and Away, the Australian soaps. There so you go. It, the time slot is kind of in competition with that, so it could have been. An yeah, the, there's a tenuous link. Thank you, thank you for that for saving a little bit of my my dignity there. Probably inaccurate, but because my with it. my knowledge of UK daytime <laughs> soaps is one of the things I'm most proud of, and to have that shattered <laughs> live on air is just. Uh, yes, I'm just sick and tired of, of Star Trek stealing from Hollyoaks. Like, well, this is just it. such a worn path by now. So, uh, Omar, anyway, directed Hollyoaks, uh, but also has gone on and directed episodes of Caprica, episodes of Defiance, episodes of The Hundred. So, pretty good sci-fi. Also, had a good uh, sci-fi as well. And now, this one of Discovery. It's written by regular writers for Discovery, Alan McElroy, Bo Youngkin, and Erica Lippolt. And yeah, so this is this is back to the the mirror universe. But before we get there, we get the return of David Cronenberg. Yes, I I I, th- I only just wish he was in it for more. But like, uh, this was the only disappointment out of all our theories. The one which I kind of like thought kind of I was pretty set on was that he'd somehow put this all in motion it tends to suggest he didn't yeah it seems not doesn't it he, he, but I mean he's definitely a shady kind of guy and like Culber even says to him oh I didn't think you knew about medicine and he says like I've got lots of skills or so, you know something weird like that well to be fair that's very much like Sloan isn't it from yeah. DS9 he had his <laughs> his fingers in lots of different pots yeah very much so and this is something I was I'd read about last week that I was hinting at was a big thing coming. And it's only a small scene, but we get this time soldier who appears to be from the Kelvin timeline version of the TNG era. Which yeah. th- that's like did? Yeah. Yeah, because he came through a uh, uh, he came through in a Romulan mining ship from the future. Yeah. The Cronenberg said he's from a timeline that was created by the incursion of a Romulan mining ship. So, yeah, so this is... Yeah, so this is the first uh, direct tie-in of the Kelvin universe that does exist within the Prime Universe of the normal... We've sort of already had that established in Picard, because... The, the events which happened in Picard caused... Yeah, them. yeah, they did, but it, it's establishing that the right. the Kelvin timeline exists as its own thing that's still still an active timeline and everything. 
kind of ties them up a little bit. I mean, I don't think Kelvin Star Trek Four is ever going to happen at this stage, but um, it looked like they were maybe going to retcon it out of existence when they were going to bring back Chris Hemsworth and all of this business, but now they, I suppose they can't. Well, you can do anything with time travel, well, though, think, can't you? Yeah, well, I think what it is is... Because you've got um, Viacom internet. Viacom now has like CBS and <coughs> uh, Paramount mm-hmm. all under one umbrella. The movies and the TV yeah. can now come back together again. Yeah. So they've sort of said, "Well, we've done the Kelvin movies. We're not going to go. No, they didn't happen. But we're going to. We don't want to carry on in that universe. But we're going to acknowledge that it is a separate timeline from what we have." Yeah. We are acknowledging its existence. I assumed Hemsworth was going to just be from earlier in his timeline before he died. Oh, I thought it was going to be like Kirk could go back and stop his dad from dying, thus wiping out the Kelvin timeline and putting everything nicely back in place, and they can just be their own little thing in a box. But anyway, uh, and then whatever Tarantino was going to do with it, but uh, (laughs) we may never know. Uh, so yes, I like that that we're getting this acknowledgement of the the Kelvin timeline. Also, they euthanized him, which is a bit brutal. Can I just well, just they said it was the early next gen uniform. Then. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I thought we'd never see that uniform again in Star Trek. Yeah, and we probably shouldn't have done because it wasn't the greatest. But um, yeah, the, the... Oh, it's just a fun little fan nod. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's just it is. It's looking back at yeah, all these things happened. We're not proud of everything, but it all <laughs> happened. It is all <laughs> part of the big skirt. Star Trek universe. Yeah, and we're all one big happy one. family. <laughs> you should have been wearing one. Skirt oh yeah, that'd have been good. Yeah. That'd have been the extra the extra step to get him in the <laughs> the scant or whatever it was called. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's all good stuff. Now, what this did make me wonder, and this is you know, quite quite morbid, so I apologise, but they explain, you know, we had to euthanise him because he was going through this and it's because he crossed dimensions and time and blah, 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 blah. Giorgio's going through the same thing. Could this be what Spock Prime died of off-screen in Star Trek Beyond, because he's done the same thing. He's moved through time and dimensions, and I, I'd, I, I'd, I'd like to think not, because, you know... I'd like to think not, but, like, Cronenberg here is sort of making out that lots of jumping through time and going across dimensions back and forth, and Spock's been across dimensions several times. He's jumped through time. I wouldn't like to think how... Uh, yeah. I know we did a whole series on time travel, but I'm not sure how many Spock's actually involved in. Spock has probably moved through time more than anyone else. Yeah, he has. Um, so, I, yeah. I'd offer two things to that. One is that, um, A, like, I don't need it all to be tied in. That gets a little bit much for me sometimes. I don't mind a fun kind of uh, Rick on tie-in. It can be kind of entertaining, but I don't want Spock to have been tortured to death, basically. No. Plus, plus, as we all know, the uh, Vulcan third testicle stops that kind of time uh, dimension erosion. <laughs> yeah, it probably does. It's famous for it. Also, look in the yeah. technical manuals. No, I just thought it was a, an interesting thought that you could read that if you wanted to. But if you want to say, okay, Spock didn't die of this, that what you can you can say is, well, he didn't really travel to another timeline because it was his traveling that kind of created the timeline. So it wasn't really a jumping dimension. So yeah, I'd prefer to think Spock Prime died of old age in the... Yeah, I've always... I'm happy with that. 
Yeah, and it's also it's an alternate timeline, whereas the uh, alternate universe is a, a pre-existing separate universe. Like, maybe uh, you know, they've never said that there was an origin point to it. It just always existed parallel no. to ours. A created timeline could be argued to be different if you want to read really it. Yeah, but it's not because this this time soldier geezer died of it. So yeah, so that yeah. obviously works. But anyway, um, so yeah, Jojo's phasing when we get into the yeah. episode proper. Yeah, basically, a, a, a molecules are coming well. apart. Yeah, I was just going to say it's kind of a fun idea as well because, like, sometimes it can feel a bit forced. Like, the, I didn't much. Um, like, I get why they did it, but the whole thing of light sensitivity, which has never been mentioned as a mirror mm. universe kind of problem, suddenly coming into it, that felt a little bit like, you know, oh, we wanted something so it would give away who Lorca is, so yeah, we invented it. Yeah, that's exactly what one, that was. Yeah, there's nothing in this one which is kind of previously, there's no reason why it can't be true. So it kind of like yeah. fits a lot neater. I, I didn't mind this as an idea. It was kind of a, a cool kind of consequence to everything that they've yeah. done. And th- there's a nice scene where like she, she can't pick up the coffee cup or whatever and Tilly, because Tilly's like the nicest person in the world, offers to help her. And Giorgio <laughs> obviously literally throws it in her face. But <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty nice. Although I, I, I love that, but... I kind of wish, look, I understand we're dealing with American TV in the 21st century, so they do have to have a hug every other page. But yeah. Tilly hugging Georgia, I could have done without, like, you know, like her begrudging respect, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, to go as far as a hug just felt a little much to me. I can buy. I can buy Tilly hugging Georgia. I'm not sure I fully buy Georgia hugging her back. Yeah. Uh, but even accepting the hug, not like going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I gave you a little crumb. I'm not going to give you a hug. That's a bit yeah, crumb, cause, you know? I'll give you a crumb respect. Because Tilly's always been a bit silly with Georgia. Like, when she first discovered that Georgia was Empress Georgia and not thinking she, like, tried to salute her and stuff, and Michael was <laughs> like, no, no, don't do that. And so there's always been a little bit of something, but yeah. Uh, there's quite a good good Admiral Silver Daddy Bear scene um, where we we've got. I like what they're doing with Saru that he's kind of always trying to second guess what the Admiral wants him to do, so that the Admiral doesn't have to tell him what to do. It's like he wants to look like, oh, I'm a good captain. I, I'm I'm saying the right things. Uh, but every time he does it, he, he seems to get it a little bit wrong. And you get that again here where it's like, you know, the needs of the many, we can't endanger when needed for because the Orions might be attacking. And Now, to be fair, Saru is right what he says here, yeah. that it's a 5% chance that they could fake, save Giorgio. Yeah. But the Admiral has made it very clear right up to this point that discovery is needed there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, Saru is doing the right thing, but then you have Admiral uh, Daddy Bear. He also Daddy. says, "Silver Daddy Bear." Sorry. Thank you. Let's let's respect the man's right. <laughs> but he's also got a good point, and he says, "I've learned from experience that sometimes you have to do these things." Yeah, your crew will never respect you if you don't make this attempt. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. I think it's a good way of saying that, like, uh, Saru has uh, become a captain. He's na- a natural being <coughs> captain. All his crew respect him, and they will follow him anywhere. But then he gets to learn from from the Admiral. So, like, you get yeah. this kind of thing of he is a new captain, so that's absolutely appropriate. He should learn from his superiors still. Uh, I think there's a whole thing. If you guys ever watched uh, Hamilton, which is on Disney Plus now, 
No. no. Yeah. It reminds me of the relationship in that of George Washington's Hamilton. So anyone who's seen that will kind of kind of get that vibe. But I just think it was really nice. It's like it's almost like the animals going, "Look, you've done nothing wrong, but I'm going to just teach you a thing or two I learned from kind of mistakes I yeah. made." And it's. I'll even take on the chin for me, you know, as opposed to letting you go down this kind of path. Yeah, it's like he's he's teaching him the things you can't get from the captain's manual. It's it, you know this comes with experience and. I think it it shows a lot about how the Admiral sees Saru. Like, he obviously respects him. He obviously likes him. I think the Admiral's also growing, though. Like, the Admiral's been on the defensive for... Well, they've been on the defensive for 120 years. And he's finally going, no, you've opened my eyes to us being Starfleet. Yeah. You have to do this. This is a Starfleet type of thing to do. Yeah, do it. When, I was, yeah. when I was watching the scene to begin with, I was going, like, oh, come on, what's his justification for sending him in? And then he explained it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the obvious justification. Yeah. It's because we're Starfleet, because that's what we do. And him kind of taking that mission, like you say, Elliot, I think it's kind of very mutual kind of learning experience. Like, yeah, he's learning from the past of Starfleet. He's been reminded what it is to be a Starfleet admiral. At the same time, he's teaching uh, Saru there's certain things you have to do to earn the respect of the crew, which not only because it's Starfleet, but also because it's kind of like human, because yeah. that's what they want to see their commander being. And it's very much like they all pretty much think that Giorgio's going to die here. And it, it is almost like the Admiral's going, okay, she's going to die whether you go or not. But if you go, that's going to improve your relationship with your crew. Whereas At least you you've made an effort. Exactly. Yeah. So it's almost doing it for sure, but it's the right call. So, yeah, some really, really good stuff in a little scene there. Hi, everyone. This is Captain Jim from the future in the editing bay. Unfortunately, because we were streaming this episode live, um, there was a bit of technical issues in that my laptop completely packed itself in and died. So there is a bit of a break in the audio here. Uh, The episode does carry on. It picks up from Elliot talking about how he thinks somehow the cal guy is part of the queue or something so apologies for the the break in the audio but um the episode will continue after this yeah. well to be fair the the queue continuum at some point were normal a normal species that evolved yeah. into what they are so like the, the doorway they found with the city on the edge of the forever was from a ancient ancient species so it's quite possible that it was the Q who built it when there were still corporeal life forms oh yeah that's yeah. cool i like that the guardian could be an evolutionary step for the Q. yeah, yeah. and this guy could be just somebody you know a, a member of that species or it could be a Q who's sort of overseeing the the remnants of their old civilization or something. Um, but just in terms of the planet that they're on, I think we're seeing, you know, now why we didn't go down to Neva when we went there. And I, I think we, we've gone on another field trip here. I'm not sure if we, we did this in Iceland or... You know, wherever they filmed it, but uh, I think this is where Elliot, you've talked about, and, you know, that you think they save a bit of money, so then 
go go big in another yeah. episode. I think that's what we're seeing. Oh, oh, quite definitely they've gone big in this episode. <laughs> and, and yeah, where where they've gone to the other plants they've used, I think it's kind of uh, it looks as if they are using the same um, country to be multiple locations. So it makes sense that they film quite a few bits while they're in Iceland or wherever they are. And whereas this episode, you sort of needed to go to the planet to make the way they've written it work yeah. with um, Navarre and with the um, the, the events of Unification Part 3, that didn't have to be on the planet to take place. You could do it on the ship. I think this one, it would suffer if you didn't go to the planet. It, it's so cool the way they've done it yeah yeah absolutely the way that like obviously they have cut it but it doesn't look like it cuts when he appears behind them yeah. you've got sort of it's looking at them and she starts looking at her center so she pan her face pans down a bit and the camera goes with her and then when she raises back up he's just there behind you and it's like what <laughs> no it was and, and very the, well um, done Sorry? I was just going to address the comment we got. Sorry, I can only see Facebook user. Um, whoever's writing, you've got to give permissions for them to say who it is on here or not. It's fine, but they put, it's got to be Q. I'd be so sad if it's not. You see, the reason why I think it's Q is just because in Guardian on the Edge of Forever, they had those kind of fancy robes and it was a bit mystical looking. Now, it might be a stylistic choice, but having the bowler hat and the fancy look, that's a very Q move. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is very, very q -y And... You can... Oh, it's Hi, Lenny. Hi, Lenny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it it does look like the sort of thing you might do, but also it reminded me a little bit of, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry to bring it up, so I know it's not the most loved moment in Star Trek, but the caretaker in the first episode of Voyager, where he sort of appeared as this weird guy with a banjo, and, you know, it, it's almost a little bit like that. Like, I'm going to turn up a, as this little weird guy with a hat. So I don't think it is the caretaker. <laughs> um, but, you know, it could be any number of weird aliens. But Yeah, I, I think you've tied into Gargi the Guardian on the city of, on the edge of forever. We'll go with that. It's we'll probably, probably a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I love the fact that Q loves to. Play and I've been saying Q all along, haven't I? I, you have, I, I really want it to be Q. <laughs> You've got to get Q in there somewhere, you know. Um, Q Guardian tie-up. Yeah, that's my. So yeah, should we, should we get onto the Mirror Universe stuff? Because we've been talking half an hour and we've not got to the the meat of the episode <laughs> yet. So yeah, Jojo steps through the doorway and magically is back in the Mirror Universe now. Before we get into what actually happens, and Squee, you touched on this a little bit at the start. What do we think is actually going on here? Has she basically quantum leaped into herself at an earlier point? And this is actually really, really happening, and the changes she's making are going to affect the flow of time in the Mirror Universe. Is this something like Tapestry, where she's reliving these events to see if making different decisions does anything? Is it a, a, a big holodeck? You know, what's actually I, going on? Can I just quickly... I'm just saying, you mentioned Tapestry there. How Q is it to do something like this? This seems like a Q-esque test. This is another kind of point in the uh, Q kind of column. But, yeah. But Q 
our queue, jo- John Delancey's queue, only did that after he'd built up this respect and relationship with Picard. Whereas this random guy's, ran, you know, if this is a queue, the random queue's just going to do it for Giorgio, who doesn't know from that. No. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I wouldn't. Is that in the um, Guardian? Like he was just sending someone somewhere. He wasn't like setting them on a mission. He wasn't putting them back in their own life True. in any way. This mystical power points a bit more cue to me. Sorry, Elliot. Yeah, I was off. Say it seems very cueish. What's happened here? I've, like you say, it's it's like a quantum leap jump where she's jumped into herself earlier than when she left. Mm-hmm. Which, it, but. And that's sort of like, you've got to think, well, that seems like a cue sort of thing, like from Tapestry. Mm. And I don't think Tapestry was him just showing Picard what could have been. Tapestry actually changed time. He did, yeah. But then Things actually changed, and then Picard asked him to put it back. True. Yeah. The other thing yeah. that that makes me sort of lean on that maybe it's not actual time travel is when he's giving all these sort of cryptic answers, questions, blah, 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 blah. They say, where does the door lead? And he says, it doesn't lead, it follows. And that kind of reminds me of in uh, Empire Strikes Back when Luke's going into the dark side cave and he says, what's in there? And Yoda says, only what you take with you. And so it's almost kind of like, does what the door does to you, is that based on what you take in with you effectively? So Giorgio's got this, we assume it's like a repressed memory or something, or some sense of guilt, maybe about killing Michael. We don't know. And maybe that manifests itself in this recreation. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But That might point towards the twin world idea with the um, city on the edge of forever. What if it's this is a twin world where the other the time donor sends you through in time just to where you're going, mm-hmm. whereas this time door does something a bit different. It sends you back to a place within your mind, maybe. Or yeah, maybe so. I mean, I, I don't but, know. Um, I would be really surprised, given the way Discovery usually does it, if it doesn't somehow tie into the main plot as well. Like, yeah, like, well, this kind of yeah, Spidey sense well, that I think that was still going on. So what I said that it's going to be the mirror universe discovery in the nebula. Yeah. And I think this is going to play out that either that Giorgio from the time she's in does whatever she's got to do in the mirror universe and changes the course of events there. Mm-hmm. And I assume that'll be that she doesn't get betrayed and yeah. uh, Michael isn't killed in the mirror universe. But then she's going to come back to save sort of the discovery in the future of what happens by sending the discovery is going to go through with some answer to the burn or Or maybe maybe Giorgio comes through on the discovery. She doesn't come out the other side. Like you get Michael there. Yeah. Like left stranded on the planet. And and yeah, I don't think I, I think this is, I think next week, maybe the last episode that we see Giorgio in discovery. Could be, could be. That, and yeah. She goes back in time with the discovery to within that six-month gap that our discovery was missing when they went to the mirror universe. And maybe she hides, hide, she hides it with some answer to the burn. Yeah. And she, and she stays in that timeline for the new Section 31 show. And Ash comes back in it because he was... <laughs> 
It could but be. I'm just wondering if it kind of like, uh, yeah, because so maybe somehow that's what happens to the Kalpian ship. So maybe there's something with what happens with yeah. the discovery. I don't. I just got feeling my spidey sense is going off. They're going to connect it all together. I feel like it should be because four episodes left. Yeah, and and it wants. I'm not sure if we'll get it next episode, but it'd be really nice next episode if we saw the Federation uh, fighting the tri- the chain without discovery. So we saw all these. Mm. Ships that we've sort of seen just glances of of the new Federation ships, and we actually get a big battle mm-hmm. with them. We've got to actually see some ships up close. Please dig good. I'd hope so, yeah. I would hope we I get that. Yeah, that they've sort of saved it all for to show us. Yeah. yeah. I think we're going to have somehow... George has got to go back in time and ditch this ISS Discovery. I, I went back, I did watch Calypso, and it's definitely the USS Discovery. Oh, okay. But we saw when when our discovery went over to the Turin universe, mm-hmm. we just sent out the little <laughs> robots, and it took two seconds to change it from USS and to ISS. Speaking so, of the little robots, I love that they're evil little robots with red eyes in the mirror. <laughs> <universe>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, um, it would be, you know, if we end the series and we've seen just glances of those ships, and they haven't shown us them. Yeah, no, they, oh, like, I'm they're going to do. They're going to do. That's so mean. Like, why wouldn't you want to show that? Like, I could understand if you're saving it for budgetary and suspense reasons. There's also good kind of story reasons to tease us and to mm. then show us. Yeah, they're going to do. They delivered last season with the Enterprise in the last episode, so I, I, I think we're going to get there. Um, so in the mirror universe then firstly I think the great thing is that we get to see the characters we didn't last time we went to the mirror universe so we actually get to see Captain Killy uh, we get mirror Michael we get mirror Culber uh, so I think that's great that the actors who didn't get to play their mirror counterparts last time get to have a little bit of fun with it this time and yeah, do we wonder if um, some of the costume budget where we've said that discovery, <laughs> why haven't they got new Starfleet uniforms? Do you think maybe some of the costume budget has gone on giving them all mirror universe okay. <laughs> uniforms? It could have been, yeah, because there's a lot of leather and PVC and stuff going on with these and mirror golden. costumes. <laughs> I mean, can, can we just discuss the uh, mirror universe performances for a moment as well? Because I've got to say, with the job which. Obviously, Michelle Yeoh can wipe the floor with a lot of actors with her kind of great range and, you know, her delivering evil as well as kind of the torture thing she's got going on. Mm-hmm. You've got um, Killy Tilly, uh, played by uh, Mary... Mary Wiseman. Wiseman. She does really well. I think she's really good. I think it shows up um, Shaniqua Martin's kind of she goes a bit cartoony for me. I think she yeah, goes she bit, goes a bit, bit too fun. OTT. She yeah, she chews the scenery a lot, but yeah. I I thought it was good to be honest because that is very mirror universe. But yeah, certainly in that last scene where she's like angry and she yet yeah, she she was doing a lot going on there. I mean, um, if they made the kind of like the the choice, the stylistic choice of having them all being chew, mm, chewing, I get it. But yeah, everyone's playing it really straight and really, uh, really mega evil. Whereas uh, she seems to be more on the yeah bit stroking. Yeah, yeah, her performance seemed more, and I don't mean this as a slight to hi Benny. 
I don't mean... Yeah, she, he wasn't a fan of hers either. I, do, I don't mean it as a slight to the original series, but her performance seemed more in line with, I don't know, let's just pick an actor at random, William Shatner's performance in... <laughs> The, the, All they need to do is put a little fake beard on her. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I enjoyed it though. I thought I thought that was that was her going. Well, I didn't get to do this last time, so I'm gonna really yeah. have some fun with memory universe version. Yeah, and to be fair, she does look like she's having fun. Oh yeah, in, in the role, which is no bad thing because sometimes as my as our prime Michael Bourbon. She's pretty miserable sometimes. (laughs) So she looks like she's genuinely having fun playing this role. I like that obviously you've got a lot of the people who don't like the character of Michael and there's an ongoing joke about how much she cries and everything. And this episode they were like, even Mirror Michael's crying with rage. (laughs) And it's like... (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was quite funny. One thing I do love to have, like, you know, uh, if we're in the mirror universe, I want to see a little jewel for kind of position. So, like, having the two officers going at it. And yeah, I like that. That's the, nice. You I need feel... That. I feel like I know Mirror Reese better than I know Prime Reese. Like, yeah. I, I've seen he's motivated <laughs> by power, he's taken action to try and get the power, ultimately he loses to Owo. It's like, wow, I feel like I know this guy compared to <laughs> the one in the original. Yeah. Don't worry, if he's ever going to get killed, we'll get to know him fine. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I did like the bit, and again, I'm maybe it's an effect of lockdown and just watching too many movies and stuff, but I feel like there's lots of stuff that reminds me of other things here. So, like, when you first get the bit where Mirror Michael turns up and Giorgio sort of does the weird hand greeting thing that they do, and that really, where they sort of hug, and that really kind of reminded me of um, The Godfather 2, you know, where there's the famous scene spoilers for The Godfather 2 um, but the, there's the famous scene where Michael hugs um, Fredo I think it is and he says like I knew it was you Fredo you broke my heart and that's a big famous scene and it just reminded me of that a little bit because in that moment it's like I know that you're plotting against me and um, <laughs> so we well that's yeah. it she, she, it is because she does have the She's jumped into a previous body, but she has her future memories. Oh, yeah, she So knows. she knows exactly who's involved in the plot in advance. Which brings And we us... all know that there is, like, you know, uh, th- let's face it, the Mirror Universe is pretty much a gangster godfather kind of uh, yeah. power. There's yeah. definitely... I think, I think everyone's plotting against you at all times in the Mirror Universe, but it's kind of, this one's been upgraded, almost like a tier system, which I know is quite close to a lot of people's heart at the moment so this threat of um, insurrection has been upgraded from tier 2 to tier 3 you know it's it's, it's an active <laughs> insurrection which brings us on to shall we address the Jason Isaacs shaped elephant in the room in this I'll, episode I'll just say, if, if you're going to go to the mirror universe there's going to be tears before bedtime <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that pun in before you moved on Actually. so yeah it Lorca. Everyone, Lorca, 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 Lorca. I know Lorca's doing this. I've shagged Lorca. Lorca's planning to kill me. Lorca, 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 Lorca. He's got to be in it next week. 
I mean, if he's yeah, I mean, it's really dumb to tease. This reminds me, if he's not at it, this reminds me of when they did near the end of X Files, and they <laughs> only had um, Mulder in it for like three oh, episodes. But yeah. they did one episode where all episode long they kept going, "Oh, Mulder, Mulder's just off screen. Oh, yeah. I saw Mulder earlier. Oh, he's going to be meeting us here." They just yeah. miss him. And oh, the, we'll see him here instead. Yeah, that he's episode where they get. So you got me on a rant about this now, but. Yeah, because they're on a train out there and it's like Mulder's going to get on the train at the next station and you see a guy in a trench coat who's about as much David Duchovny as my ass is and he gets <laughs> on the train and then it's like, oh, Mulder, you need to go. And it shows like a stuntman jumping off the train and doing a runner. <laughs> and it's like, <clears throat> no, that's not, no. That was, yeah. yeah, that was written. That's the one where like Scully's sending him emails saying how much she loves him and it's just... Oh, it's just cringeworthy. She's like, I am physically shaking reading your emails. Oh, come off it. Anyway, uh, yeah. that that's for the X-Files podcast that um, we'll no doubt do one day. But season nine will be, will be heavy going. But yeah, so <laughs> Lorca. I mean, I suppose the thing is, if the... If they haven't got Jason Isaacs back, or if they couldn't get Jason Isaacs back, or whatever, it your first impulse would be to say, "Well, don't mention him." But you can't or, or not mention right at the beginning. Oh, he's often like he he shagged me, then he left. Yeah, like, we've already got him, or he's already disappeared on the Baran or whatever, you know. But I suppose you couldn't not mention him if they're setting this story here at this time. But then, don't set the story there at that time. But you can set it. I'm not time. aware of him not being happy with with Star Trek. Oh no, he is. He's a big. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to come back. It's just yeah. a question of whether he has scheduling wise and. Uh, if he has, they've done well because they've kept it quiet. Yeah, I mean, I sort of expected him maybe to pop up right at the end, you know, and just uh, sort of as the cliffhanger. And you see him so that at least we know he's coming back. Uh, I mean, if they'd have done that, though, if they were like they did with Picard, they'd have no doubt just put his name in the opening credits so we knew he was coming. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe it's a bit of that. Maybe it's like, no, well, we, we the union says we've got to put the guest characters at the start, so we'll save him until the opening of next week so I mean, that we can... I mean, it's the sort of thing you do want, though. You want, like, if you're going to do a two-parter where you've got uh, Jason Isaac, like they did with Unification <coughs> part, yeah. part two, you have Spock coming out at the end. It's a big, lovely moment, and then it builds up to the yeah. second episode. Yeah. Which is what makes me think maybe he's not in it, because why wouldn't you do that if you could? Yeah. Um it's, it's, if he's not in there, you wanted to just make a mention up front, which establishes why he's yeah. not there, and don't give us a reason. You know, you yeah, could, but you could have a saying like about... repeat, repeating things. I know Discovery doesn't do it often. Like Michael Burnham wasn't away for a year. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, they true. do sometimes try to drive home a point. <laughs> they do. I mean, I hope we do get Jason Isaacs next week. And yeah, that'd be nice. While, while we're on the Jason Isaacs bandwagon, sorry, uh, there's been a big thing going on, you know, with the Disney having all the announcements of the new Star, Star Wars rather shows, and there's an Ahsoka show, and everyone's assuming Grand Admiral Thrawn's going to be the villain. Jason Isaacs for Grand Admiral Thrawn. That's what I'm putting out there. Give the man some blue face paint. There you go. You've got it. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we'll get um, 
we'll get Lorca next week, but you never know. Um, yeah, we also get Mira Landry's there. So they, they bring back Reka Sharma from season one. Yeah. So we are bringing back the characters. So that's pretty cool. You get a little bit of Jojo sort of showing this, um, change of heart. Like she don't want to kill the Kelpians straight off the bat. And so there's a bit of that going on. I like on. the fact they leave that slightly ambiguous. Like they've got, um, you see her doing that where you're going, oh God, she's gone really soft. But then. Mm. You see, she's using her his um, Mira Saru's mm-hmm. relationship with with Mira Michael to to get some intel. So it kind of yeah, like, it does keep a little bit open that she could be. She's she's using open. information she's found out in the Prime Universe. Yeah, to manipulate him in the in the Mirror Universe. Yeah, and also clearly, like he is, um, like you know, he is in the position there where he is servant to Berlin, so he can furnish her with information. So there is a kind of uh, yeah, at least some grey area there. Yeah, I I think the it's one of them where it is serving two purposes. She doesn't want to kill him because of her. I wouldn't go so far as to say affection for Prime Saru, but. You know, she she doesn't hate Prime Saru, and yeah. I think there's yeah, a bit. She's maybe come to respect him a little. Yeah, there's she's a bit of that changed. going on, but also she's found a way to justify it within the position she's in in the Terran universe. So she's and got even lie to herself a little bit. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Because I think she knows she's changed, but she doesn't want to admit it on every level. Yes, I think there's a lot of that going on as well. And you also get that in the way she's sparing Michael at the end. You know, it's, is that really because she thinks it, it can be different this time? Or is it because she's gone a little bit soft? And Well, she does actually say that, doesn't she? She says, from this moment on, we're creating a new timeline yeah. or words to that effect. I, I've my feeling is that where this is going to go is that Mirror Michael's going to betray her anyway, and you know it's going to be a case of she's going to try and come out with a better ending, and she's going to come away with the revelation that you know what Mirror Michael actually was a bitch, and I don't feel so bad about yeah. killing her this time. You know, I think I think it's going to end with her kind of realizing that uh, it's like she's going to resolve it, but not in the way she thinks. She thinks yeah. resolving it is winning her back over like yeah, evil Burnham but yeah. I think it's going to be more resolving like no I did have to do it like I may I, I did have to kill her like yeah, I, may have I got the, the I got the impression I got the impression here that what we're saying was this episode was carrying was playing out exactly as the timeline has played out previously in the mirror universe mm-hmm. right up until the end where she doesn't kill Michael and I yeah. think them flashes that we've been seeing of her over somebody bloody is after she has killed the mirror universe, I think Michael. So. Though it but can't she said be. something about a son. She she said son, but people are saying maybe it was San, as in the 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 word San, like you know, in Karate Kid, Daniel San. Um, so I, I don't know. You'd have to put the subtitles yeah, on and, and see. But that seems like a stretch. But and, yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And also, also, she doesn't always tell the whole truth to people. That is true. I killed... <laughs> it would be interesting if that was like there was something to do with like uh, as well as this kind of like uh, temporal dissidence thing, which causes like, them to yeah. Fail. It would be interesting if it was kind of like an echo of something she's going to do here. That would yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting if it's yeah not something she's actually done yet, but. Um... 
Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, another thing, it, the timeline has already diverged a bit because she kills Stamets and Stamets is still yeah. alive when we see the, the Mirror Universe in season one. Um, and yeah, but it's it's trapped inside the mycelial network, isn't it? Very, uh, yeah, fair very point. soon. So I don't know if she's altered it that much. Maybe, yeah. I mean, can we have a, a call out for Stamets' weird opera? That he's <laughs> it's sort of the. I enjoyed it, but it was weird. Just Elliot's point before. Just what if when she kills him, he still exists in the mycelial network? Because like. Could be. It's kind of suggested they leave a part of themselves in there, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't real Mirror Stamets in it, though? Because don't Lorca find him hiding behind a, 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 a bulkhead or something? I can't remember. Anyway. Um, I went back and I watched all the all of uh, the Turin episodes right. from Discovery Season uh, 1 this last week. And um, Mirror Stamets comes out into his universe... Right. From the mycelial network. Ah. At the same time, our Stamets regains his consciousness. Right, okay. And, so. and he's only back in the mirror universe for a very short time. Right. Before so he's, he's done in by Lorca. She may not have changed things too much, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, his weird opera, it's like sort of like an interpretive dance and he's narrating it and like, and then she killed the Klingons and then she... Yeah! It's kind of like um, in... And again, I'm just referencing everything here, but the Red Dwarf episode where they split into the, the angels angels and demons, in fact, it's called. <laughs> and you have like Rim uh, Liston narrating mm. the interpretive dance doing like, as danced by Brother Cats and Brother Cats mm. is moving <laughs> and gleaming. <laughs> Uh, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think that was maybe, like, that felt a bit original series because I was thinking, it's like, there is no way in the Mirror Universe they bother stopping for theatre. Like, yeah. There's no way. Um, I thought, I thought no, it was, a, it was a ceremony, series, though, you know, wasn't it? it? When you go back to the original series and you would have had more ceremonial stuff and you would have mm-hmm. had more kind of like great i think maybe that was more of a nod to the original series man. maybe so yeah. I, I, I didn't I, think it was bad i, I thought, thought it, it fit actually because they were having a ceremony for a new flagship yeah the new seat of the emperor empire no and I, and the thing is i can imagine Giorgio at the height of her evil empressness going, you know what, I'm going to make them all watch an opera about my life, and if any of them moan about it, if I see anybody yawning, I'm going to shoot them. So I can imagine that completely, just as a sadistic thing to do. Yeah. Like, but only need I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was quite an interesting way of looking at the mindset of the Terrans, that yeah? um, the, the Klingons uh, were duplicitous and all that. They tried to <laughs> get them. Yeah. And... And all these other things. And that by uh, killing the, the Klingons and the Andorians and the Vulcans and God knows who else, she brought love and peace to the yeah, universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about... Can I just check something? Because I'm trying to... Because I haven't watched back the kind of more, uh, episodes of Discovery. But because obviously in the original series, the Enterprise ISS was the like flagship still. Mm-hmm. So was this other ship established before when we saw the mirror universe yes yeah yeah, yeah there's I a big action yeah it was established as a flagship 
Yeah, there's well, a big... Something's got to happen to that. Yeah, the, well, in Discovery Season 1, Discovery destroys it. That's how they escape from the Mirror Universe. So, yeah, that's so all. So they cause the Enterprise I, ISS to become... Yeah, the, yeah. Effective. Effectively, yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I think that pretty much brings us to the the end of the episode, doesn't it? Like, it ends with, like we said, the future's unwritten, but she does send Michael to the agonizer. It's like, okay. Oh, that reminded yeah, me. I, I, have, I haven't chopped your head off, but I am going to put you in a torture chamber for oh, a little bit to think like, about what you've done. And also, like, I did think, like, it really seems out of keeping with, like, everything they've said about the universe, that they would give a, like, uh, chop your head off with a silver sword. That's far too painless. Yeah, that's it's true. much more of a, a, a mirror universe, like the Agonizers. That's how yeah. you, you torture someone. That, I thought there was a really well-observed scene earlier on where she goes into the mess hall and there's Stamets and a bunch of other guys and they're just basically agonizing themselves. And it just reminded me of, like, these... What's a word? Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a pl- more pleasant word for it, but I'm just going to go with it. It's, it's kind of when you see these dickheads, like down the pub and stuff, burning each other with lighters for a laugh. You know, it's just a very, <laughs> it's a real laddish, yobbish thing to do. And you just think, yeah, that's exactly what they'd be like in the mirror universe. So, I mean, obviously, you're down south, so you've got lights and stuff. We just might have a little arm wrestle down here in the <laughs> south with wusses. Yeah, that's yeah. Come up to a northern pub, you'll see. Well, actually, you won't see at the minute because there's no bloody pubs up <laughs> the in the north. So. <laughs> Although, just by the by, I will never arm wrestle anyone since I saw, like, you know, the, the scene in the fly. So I am going off ten. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In the fly, when they do arm wrestling and break it, I always thought that was kind of really grim. It always stuck with me. I saw it happen in real life. Ooh. Someone broke someone's arm. Well, like it's... they could, they could disjoint their arm so they could just hold it there all day. But the other guy was pushing so hard. It well, it's, if you do that, the thing oh. off. Have you seen the Sylvester Stallone film Over the Top, where he's an arm wrestler? And if not, why not? Um, but there's a there's a thing that he does in that where he sort of loops his fingers over, and it, it's actually legal in arm wrestling because what it does effectively is it means that you can't lose. So the other guy, the person who's pushing against you, ends up breaking their own arm with the pressure that they put. It happened in World's Strongest Man once. Uh, not because the guy cheated, just because the guy were a brick shit house. But it was actually one of the most interesting episodes of the World's Strongest Man. It's like Heat 1 was where you had to like pull this lorry along behind you. And there was like four guys who were just like, you know, like the rock sort of thing. And this one guy who's like really scrawny and we were watching it and going, well, there's no way he's going to win. And first round, you've got to pull the truck along. And one of the guys like collapses with chest pains pulling the truck. So he's disqualified. (laughs) So scrawny guy goes through and he's against three other guys. Next round, arm wrestling. One of them breaks his own arm. So he's out. So scrawny guy's (laughs) through again. Next one, you have to pick up a beer barrel and chuck it up over your head over this big thing. Chucks it up, clonks him on head. So he's out. So this scrawny guy got through to final, like Will's strongest <laughs> man, because everyone else injured themselves. Got... Oh, yeah, next round he'll have been, yeah. But I mean, honestly... Thing, though, it's, 
I've never believed in precognition or anything, but like for some reason at that second, I saw them straining, I saw them pushing against each other's hand in the arm wrestle. The scene from the fly flashed through my head is like, that's definitely going to happen right here. And just it happened that second. And like, I've never arm wrestled it. Like, once someone kind of just wouldn't shut up until I did something. Yeah, okay, you win. Congratulations. They go, I'm really surprised because you seem so much bigger than me. Oh, yeah, what do you know? It's, yeah. like, I, it's not worth my arm being broken, just in case. Definitely not. But I'll tell you what, there'll be a lot of broken arms in the Mirror Universe. I bet they do a load of arm wrestling. And yeah, this agonised the thing. So anyway, I think we, we've more or less covered it. Any any last last thoughts, predictions for next week or anything from you guys? Uh, revealed that uh, QE's related to the Guardian on the city on the edge of t- forever. Right. Um, yeah. Somehow Giorgio returning to the Prime Universe in Discovery's original timeline in the ISS Discovery. Okay. Um, Giorgio, in the Mirror Universe, even though she's trying to make things better, still has to kill Burnham and realises that she didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. So she shouldn't be getting all uh, broody and upset about it. She did the right thing originally. Um, And Jason Isaacs. Maybe so. I think that's covered all of it, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, I think Admiral Elliot there has just summed up everything. Sorry, Emperor Elliot has summed up. Please don't kill me. Uh, I think he's summed up everything we've said in the whole episode. Oh, no. Yeah. And I've got to admit, most of it, like quite a lot of it, built up from his previous theory. So just... just... Um, yeah, I, oh, I forgot to mention the... And I'll keep the statement brief, but Captain Killy. Oh, yes, we love a bit of Captain Killy. Can't yeah. lie, she is sexy as hell in that get-up, and she is really... Again, this is what sort of... To me, I, I get it, and I agree with you guys that uh, Burnham and Sneaker are having lots of fun with this, but, like, the others are really a lot more evil. They're just playing evil. Yeah, true. So, um, yeah, so we'll be back next week. That'll be... Will that be our last show? It won't be our last show of... Um, 2020 but it will be our last show before christmas so we'll be back next week to cover terra firma part two part two in the meantime if you want to let us know what you think come and join us on the facebook group search for retrek you can email us retrekpod at gmail.com or tweet us retrek at retrekpod on twitter and what have we got oh, coming up it. on the Dr. Sorry, squeeze I show i deleted that <laughs> i thought i got rid of that. Ah. Sorry, i don't I've accidentally hit a button again, some of it, wouldn't you know it? The Doctor Squeeze Show, which is on Thursdays, 9 to 11, the bear don't like. I'm so, I, I thought I got rid of it, my mistake. Tell you what, what's this week's question on the Doctor Squeeze Show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the question of the week this week, I thought this earlier in the shower, actually, funnily enough, but the question of the week this week, uh, and please do write in, uh, you can put it um, on any of the Doctor Squeeze Show social media, is... Uh, what? Where have you travelled to uh, for Christmas? Because seeing as none of us can travel this year, we need to remedy. Nowhere. I think literally, I've never been anywhere for Christmas other than my mum's house. So that's okay. Yeah. Right, James, right in saying your mum's house. Right, will do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm yeah, not as far as Ireland, but but you know, I'll, I'll talk about that. On no, I've never travelled anywhere for Christmas. No, aren't we yeah. boring? Uh, uh, like. No. I'll offer this one. My dad uh, my dad and his wife usually go on a cruise, so they're usually somewhere in the Caribbean, but obviously not this year. Um, so this is the first year they've been at home for Christmas in about 12 years, 
Um, because they usually so I usually get an email about the 23rd of December saying, uh, you know, Merry Christmas and everything. We're not going to be able to be in touch for the next five days because we're literally in the middle of the ocean and there's no, <laughs> there's no yeah, nothing. So I don't hear from him until the new year usually. But um, yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll leave it there before we go too I was far. Say, for anyone who isn't familiar with the Dog Squeeze Show, we just have a big question of the week. It's just a fun little thing to write in. So it'll be on uh, my social media as well as the ones for Dog Squeeze Show. So. Please answer. Sorry, back over to you. No problem. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for trekking with us this time. And we will see you next time on the retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.